what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. In this episode, the brothers revisit some of their favorite tech from 2021. What were their favorite suggestions from the year, our favorite home tech right now, and our most random home tech ideas? How about our technology hopes for 2022? You can hear and see the answers to these and more here on the 2021 wrap-up of Brothers in Tech. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. Uh, My name is Alan Jackson, and... On the other side of the video screen, actually, so those of you watching on video can see we're actually real people. We're not just voices. Uh, We actually have faces and uh, (laughs) facial expressions. Everything now you can see on video. How are you doing, Brian? I'm I'm doing good. I have a feeling that our viewership, which might have been low already, has now just dropped off in the last 10 seconds. <laughs> We're sorry wait, for this wait a in, minute. in advance. Um, wait a minute. We, we actually have to see you now. So no, yeah. this is this is exciting, man. I'm, I'm super pumped about this. Uh, I'm not sure other people are, are pumped at seeing us, but I'm kind of excited to uh, make our debut on the, the video screen here, Alan. So this is, uh, this is exciting. It's a new day for Brothers in Tech, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That, and it's... Well, and the, the main reason is, is I think as we talk about a lot of tech, sometimes it's just really nice to be able to show what we're talking about. I think it's uh, sometimes a little hard to visualize it over audio. So those of you right. listening on audio, we'll do our best as always to kind of talk you through what we're talking about tech-wise. But I do encourage you, we have this up on a YouTube channel and on um, Facebook, I believe we're pushing it out as well. So it's going to yeah. be you know those different places. So you can go and actually find us if you want to see the video version see some of the tech that we're talking about as we put it up on the screen and see us do our, our normal uh, ribbing of each other as we do yep. on every episode as well. So no, now, I think, I think it's uh, I think it's good. I mean, it's, there's been a number of times we've been talking about tech and it would have been nice to have actually shown the device that we were talking about, right. whether it's on a, a web page or, or in hand here. So this is going to be great. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm well, excited. starting off 2022 as well. So starting off kind of a brand new year for us. Happy new um, year. Happy new yeah, year. Happy new year. Happy new year. You too, man. Um, and this is the, this is what we're doing on this episode is we're doing a little bit of our year end recap of, of 2021. Uh, we did this this time last year where we did a recap of 2020. And we thought, you know, we got so much accolades and feedback I, I mean, on that. It was overwhelming. It, like, it was overwhelming. Well, we have yeah. to do it again for 2021, right? Yeah, I, well, um, I think it's it's a requirement, right? Right. I mean, the the people the people would be upset if we didn't. So, <laughs> so that's what we're doing. We're going to do a 2021 <laughs> recap, just the same format. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to Brian and I are both going to talk through some of our favorite brothers and tech suggestions from the past year. Both ones that we've brought up, like of the 12 or so that we did throughout the year, I think it was 11 or 12 episodes we did yep. with suggestions that we gave. So out of those 11 or 12 episodes, we're going to kind of choose our favorite and maybe something that we're still using, something we still want to recommend, uh, or where the, just is our favorite of the ones we've recommended. We're going to do that for both our own picks and each other's picks. So what's our favorite pick of the other brothers uh, throughout the year? We'll do that. 
We're going to talk through some uh, favorite, just in general, favorite home tech we're using right now. Things we we feel like we probably can't live without as far as on the tech side. And then uh, it should be a lot of fun, Brian. We've got a lot of some random useless home tech ideas or at least products that were either announced this year or are maybe being demonstrated. Um, should be interesting. We got have. a What's that? And maybe maybe they shouldn't have been announced, but yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to kind of evaluate to see are they ones that we're, we find that there may actually be some need for, some desire for, or is it really something that uh, uh, it's just more there for a joke? So either way, we got some fun ones to talk about with that. And then we'll close it out with Brian and I kind of sharing our hopes for 2022 when it comes to home and family technology and just in general what we're wishing for for the new year. So, yep. Oh, Sound like a plan? Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great. And, you know, usually ask how I'm doing, Alan. Thanks for uh, oh, I, I, I this didn't, time. That's okay. No, I really didn't care this time. I so. mean, I, pre- I pre-planned something. So, uh, oh, I well, go, go ahead. ahead and do I'm, that I'm now. Uh, how are you doing, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing just fine. I, I, I did want to say this is a little bit odd, right? You and I, we, we get together once a week or once other year of the week, maybe. And that's the only time that I've seen you. But I actually saw you in person this week a couple of times and so i almost feel like this isn't as exciting for me right now because like i feel like i've already seen you and i've already kind of maybe gotten my fill um so you know i think it is good that we're across the computer screen right now because we've had our in-person time right but we should go ahead and tell everybody that uh even though we're on different ends of a computer screen, you're just like three doors down the hall from me. Yeah, right now. I'm in so the same building as you right now. Right? We just we seem to do better when we're not in the same room. I think is what I'm learning, and we just decide we're going to be on different screens. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just you know, there's too much. There's too too much going on if, if both of us are in the same room, and I think it's just too Agreed. too too many egos going on, and, and too much ego, too much charisma. Probably oh, I think that, I think, no, I think maybe that's too. a better that's a better mm-hmm. way to say it, right? Yeah, there's just the the energy the energy's a little overwhelming. <laughs> so a little we better divide, divide that. So yes, but so I think this exactly, is good, and this is that's this exactly is what, what our family like members tell us. That's exactly <laughs> what our family members say. There's just too too much energy. When yeah, you guys are together. Yeah, no. I'm not sure they say energy, but they just say it's too much. They say something and, too much. Of something. Too much. <laughs> it's too much. So. Well, let's, let's go ahead, Alan. I think let's get uh, this started. is good. I mean, this is the way it's going to look in the future, even when I'm back yeah. on the, back on the West coast. So, uh, so let's, uh, let's, uh, use it and see, uh, see how this works out. So cool. So All should right. we start well, out with our, with our favorite bits from the year? Let's do that. And keep in mind okay. for those of you who are maybe brand new, they're just watching this on video. They don't know what we've been doing before. Every month we got together for one of our episodes and we had a brothers in tech suggestions. And that is an acronym that if you boil that down, it does say bits. And I, I will give, look, I'm not ashamed to say it. I will give credit. Brian, that was your invention. I think it was genius and a great job on that. Coming up with that acronym. I'm wait, um, okay, I'm coming up with a phrase of four words that just happened to have a letter at the beginning <laughs> that puts together into a smaller word. It's, it was impressive and it's good. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, when you set the bar low, like I tend to, uh, little things like that just surprise people. So I'm, I'm uh, very happy. I'm very proud of that. Very proud of that. Yeah. So we are going to search back through our bits from this year that we've yeah. given and that each other gave, right? And uh, see if we can pick out what we think our favorite was for one reason or yeah. another. So uh, can what, I go first? Is okay? Uh, I would you love if I go, go first. first? Yeah, All please right. get let me, the ball Let me rolling. do this. 
and uh, we're going to we use our new technology here so I can actually show you what Ooh. I'm going to be sharing with you. And so this was my favorite bits <sighs> of the year. The ones I gave, like I actually gave out several bits throughout the year. This is the one that I, I am still able to say is my favorite. It is the level smart lock. Now, as a reminder, if anybody didn't see the previous episode where I talked about this, you know, in our efforts to make our homes as automated as possible and to have control over different parts of our house, even when we're not at the house, the deadbolt lock was always something of a, of a need. You know, we, we moved into a new house last December. Uh, I needed a, a way to control the main lock into our house. But we also were very concerned about the look of that lock because you've seen some of these automated or, or, or uh, smart deadbolt locks. And they're really big things you kind of replace your own deadbolt lock with. And they don't always match the style and the look of maybe what you're trying to get in your house. So what the level bolt is, is it is an invisible deadbolt. What that means by that is the thing you're seeing right now, that's what's inside the door. Uh, it uses your existing hardware. So if you have a really nice turn latch for your deadbolt, you still use it. This just replaces the inner mechanism, but it is something where you can control it uh, with Apple HomeKit or with any other uh, um I think Apple HomeKit is actually the main one it's designed for. So I don't even know if it works with Amazon or any others. I, I assume maybe it does, but HomeKit is really what they play up. But the idea is that if I can, let's see if it shows it again here on the screen. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So you saw it kind of replace, it uses mm -hmm. your existing hardware on the outside. So you can preserve the look of your, of your door, but you now through HomeKit or other uh, devices, you can actually, control whether this dud bolt is locked or unlocked and you can see its status on your home kit as well. So I love it because, you know, it, it is a deadbolt lock that works really nice. I can lock it and unlock it from anywhere. I have access to my phone. I can do it with Siri if I want to use voice control for it. Uh, but also the fact that you don't see it, like nobody look, comes up and sees that it is a smart lock because it just doesn't have that look that you find a lot of the other ones do. So I'm a big fan of the invisible smart lock from uh, Level is the name of the company. It is pricey. I'd love to do it, uh, put these in on all my doors going into my house, not just my main one, but it is a little pricey. So I'm kind of spacing that out before I decide to do some more, but uh, I'm a big fan. It's just been a great product. It's worked really, really great for the past year. Very happy with it. So that's been my favorite brothers and tech suggestion from 20. 21. Nice. And, I'll go ahead and, and you and say it's expensive. Remind me how much that is, Alan. Uh, 229. Okay. Right. 229. So it's, it, it is pricey, but again, it's good quality. Yep. Again, it, it works. It has not had a fault in the past year. We've used it. My family uses it. We, we both use the traditional key. If we have it on our key ring, if we come up and lock the, or unlock the door, or we use our phone and tell it to lock or unlock. And either way it works. It still keeps up with us. And uh, there's nothing better than leaving the house and f you know, not knowing if you remembered to lock the door or not. And all you got to do is just pull it up and say lock and you're good to go. And uh, it's very easy to use. So I'm a big nice. fan. The level, uh, the level, what they call it, the bolt is because it's the actual bolt on the inside, but it is their smart lock technology they use. Uh, I'm a fan of it. So, and Alan, the power where does it get its power from? It has a battery on the inside. Okay. Uh, the battery on the inside of the bolt, it will notify you if it battery is running low. 
okay. have not had a notification in the past year. So, so far so good. I know the battery life is at least a year uh, okay. on it before I've good. gotten any notification. And it's an easy thing. If you imagine you to replace the battery, you open your door and you know, you have a couple of screws that will hold in the mm-hmm. plate. Um, that's where you would just unscrew that. And it's very easy to go and replace the battery into the bolt from there. So um, nice. You don't have to go and remove the entire mechanism from the door to replace the battery. Yep. Yeah, no, that's great. And then yeah. uh, one more piece. So you, you said this is, if I remember correctly, when you did the bits, you can set it so that if if you walk up to your house, it automatically unlocks. Can you do that? Can you do the, um, like if you, if you, you set it to where you you're on your Wi-Fi network and it opens or you get close. Does it have a proximity sensor or is it simply just a voice or so phone or it itself doesn't have a proximity sensor in it, but you can script it in HomeKit or yeah. anything else to say, okay. all right, when I, when my phone gets arrives at my home location, go ahead and trigger and the unlock. Uh, action yep. to go ahead and unlock it. So you can certainly do that. It doesn't yep. have a sensor on its own, so it can't detect okay. you on its on the lock itself. But if you do have some other ways, either outdoor sensors uh, notifying when you come to the house, or uh, just if you if you use your phone and you use geolocation and say whenever I arrive at my house, go ahead and unlock the door. You could certainly do that. Nice. Yeah. 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 So you could tell it. Uh, yeah. It's it's basically communicating with Wi Fi. And yep. anything that you can do to trigger that with a, a script, I think that's great. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm still a big All fan. Right. Uh, it was one that's of the good. earliest bits I did in the year. I think back in January, February, I put it in and it has not let me down yet. So I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Okay. So Brian, what, do, what have you got good for start. us? What's your, uh, what's your, well, bit? I'm going to, I'm going to, um, when I went back and looked at my bits, uh, I tried to also think, uh, what am I currently using that I'm very excited about still from my from my bits? And uh, the one I'm going to bring up is the the MagVac wallet and uh, case that I've been using. Okay. I remember, Alan, I went over this a few months ago, uh, mm-hmm. right after I purchased it. And uh, you know, the MagVac is a um, is a company that bases their entire system, their uh, iPhone cases, their chargers, their uh, their wallets, all the system based on magnets so that you try to keep everything uh, connected and easy to uh, to attach. So let me use, and I'm going to do two, two high-tech things today, Alan. One, I'm going to share a, a screen as well. Okay. But then the other is I'm going to actually show it because I have mine in person here. So oh, uh, we'll see do, uh, the benefits. We'll do of a video. little hands on. I mean, yeah. Love this it. is great. Okay. So uh, here we go. I'm going to share the, uh... all right, there we go. Okay. The Magback. Yeah. So Magback uh, as a company, this is their homepage. Uh, and just as a reminder, uh, so the the wallet or the uh, the case itself, right, is a some, somewhat rubberized, although it feels much kind of tougher. It's not a very soft rubber um, uh, and very uh, kind of a functional type of case. Uh, so the case itself has magnets in it. So if you just have uh, the phone within that case, it's got magnets built in in a in a certain kind of. Uh, uh, kind of sequence in the back um, mm-hmm. and layout so that it will work with all of its uh, its chargers. So as you can see, as it goes through some of the videos, some of the things that it connects to, it can connect to a wallet and have the wallet attached to the back, very similar to what Apple does. 
Um, it also it connects to that little strip of, of magnet that you can put anywhere. Um, and it's got chargers that allow it to kind of snap onto the charger. Um, and so this, these are things that a lot of companies are doing. But what I really love about it is everything seems to work really, really well. I've had some others mm-hmm. where it'll say, oh, this will magnet to this or this will uh, hold other things and then it doesn't charge. This seems to work extremely well. I haven't had any troubles with it at all. Um, so what I have uh, is the, uh, the case and the wallet. And mm-hmm. uh, what's nice about the wallet, I'm going to click over to the wallet for a second, um, what's nice about the wallet is that um, it has the ability to obviously connect to uh, your phone. So mm-hmm. the wallet itself has some uh, some magnets in it that will connect perfectly to the back of your phone. So they align. So even if you just kind of toss it on the phone, it will snap on correctly. Uh, it's mm-hmm. fairly uh, solid. It won't pull off really easily, but it does pull off you know, easy enough when you want it off, right? You can pull pull it off, put it in your back pocket and it's super thin. It holds, I think it's supposed to hold up to about six cards. Uh, I think I, the most I've done is four. Uh, Right now I have, you know, I have my ID. I have one credit card. I have uh, a vaccine card and I have, um, uh, well, what do I have? Um, Yeah, let's see. Two, actually two credit cards, an ID and, uh, a vaccine card in there right now fits fine. It looks like it can still handle a couple more, but I don't want to really stretch it out. So, um, so the the problem with this one is very similar to as you said, this is expensive, right? Just the wallet itself is forty nine dollars, and it looked like the um, the case. So if I just pick a random uh, phone, I think the case is fifty five. Yeah, fifty five dollars. So you're paying a hundred dollars. Um, now, anytime you go on here, the first time you're ordering, you're going to get, as you can see, 10% off anyway, and there always seem to be running some specials, but, uh, but I've just been super happy with it. And the fact that I can use it every day, this was one of the things I really wanted is I wanted to get to the point where I was not, um, carrying around a wallet, uh, every day. And, Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, that I could separate the two of them and they weren't all, all together one. So, Hmm. all right. So now I'm going to stop the screen share. Mm-hmm. And I will do a little show and tell. So here's okay. my here's my mag back. Right? Yep. So you can see that I've got the two pieces. Okay. This has a series of magnets. So I can actually go and put this on the side of a car. Right? If I was out working, I actually did this the other day. I was switching out my the headlights on my wife's car. I open up the hood, I snap this up top and okay. you know, had it had it up there as it was playing. So it's just a general magnet, it'll it's got stick to anything magnet. Yeah. yeah. Now okay. it yeah, it does have to be to I have found some piece, some types of metal it won't attach to, yeah, but sure. good solid metal it will. This okay. also has some magnets lined up. Mm-hmm. So as I put them together, they snap perfectly, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You can see that it's got a little spot for me to push my cards up from the back so mm-hmm. that I can get access to what's there. Uh, on the inside, you can see that's where my ID is. So if I need to pull it off, I can uh, easily show that. Okay. Um, the wall, I mean, the, the case itself is actually built really well. It's got a little lip on it. Uh, super solid. It's not rubbery. I mean, it, it's got the texture of the rubber, but mm-hmm. it's not one of the rubbery ones that you feel like is going to wear out over time and, right. and loosen up. Um, and then, and then uh, Brian, do you get the yeah, actual plates right. then that you can put in other places yes. like in your car? Yeah. So, so when like, you order this, it yeah. comes with two. Mm-hmm. Two tiny little strips, and I don't have them with me, obviously, but uh, they're, you know, maybe an inch and a half long and really, really thin. And this is what I've been so excited about is those, 
if I just had the 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 case, mm-hmm. I can go in my car and those will line up perfectly with a line of magnets here or here. So if I want to go and snap this in my car, I just go and hold it up and it's going to stay vertical. Stay per- it is really, really solid. I have It has never fallen off when I've been driving. Even if you go over heavy bumps, it's not going to fall. Um, I can also put it sideways and snap it there. <clears throat> the other nice part about it, though, Alan, is, and this is something I really wasn't sure about, is how it was going to work. But when you snap it on, this is where the magnets are on the outside of the wallet as well. So I go into my mm. car and this snaps on as well. So I don't actually okay. have to take my wallet off to put my... My That's phone nice. up on Good. the on the dash, and again, I've had I've had uh, car mounts before, and they're fairly bulky. They've been great, mm-hmm. right? I set them up there, clamp it in, something like that, but they don't look very good, right? I mean, the clamps mm-hmm. that are in there, they're, they're plastic. They're going to be there all the time, even if your, uh, your phone isn't there. This is something that is so incredibly thin. I have it placed in between on a strip of the dash in between the CD slot and uh, you know buttons above that. So it just goes and snaps in. And when it's not there, you don't even know it's there. Uh, so uh, I'm just, I, I'm super impressed with it. Um, I will say that they've come out recently with a, um, a phone charger, kind of a, mm-hmm. a multi-stand charger, phone, mm-hmm. uh, AirPods, and watch charger. And it looks incredibly slick. The bad part is it's expensive. It's like $120. I keep waiting yeah. for them to bring it down again. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I think they're making really, really good quality stuff. It's expensive, but I think it's um, it, you know it's going to work. So if that's something that uh, appeals to you, oh, and I guess last thing I will mention, the one downside is that if yeah. you have the wallet on the, the case, this will not charge wirelessly. I can't set mm. this down okay. and get it to charge because that's way too much for it to pass through. Sure. But I can put this down on the wireless charger and it goes just fine. So the magnets well, are set up in a way that allow the yeah. charge to go where it needs to And go. you've still got the port is open on the bottom for still wire charging, right? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, no good. problems there. Yeah. So, good. and, and actually here's the other thing they sent us two. remember two of those strips. Um, so what I did is I have right as you go in my, uh, front door, I have, we have a mirror where we hang our keys. It's got little hooks at the bottom of the mirror. I took one of those strips, put it right there in between the, the hooks. And so I just take my wallet off and I snap Oof. my wallet up there. So that's where my wallet stays when I'm leaving, grab my wallet, snap it on because I don't need my wallet in the house. And so when I'm going to charge a night anyway, I don't have to take it off. I don't have to put my wallet other places. So, wow, that's a good idea. Yep, yep, that's a really good. No, I, I, uh, I've been the most tempted by this one of your of your bit. I have not gone through with it to get one, but this has been the one that's been the most tempting to me to look at uh, that you've mentioned the past year as well. So, yep. Yeah. So that's the Magback. Uh, I do encourage people, if you're really looking for a good solution and those things that we just mentioned are mm-hmm. pain points for you, which they were for me, if you want a very small wallet, but you want the wallet to be on your phone when you want it there, and then you want to be able to remove it and carry it as a regular wallet or not carry it, yeah. this is a super slick solution. So Nice. Yeah. Okay, good. That's magback.com. We got the address up there on the screen for you. And uh, some neat, neat, interesting products there. So that's really good. I'm uh kind of intrigued a little bit more than even than I was before. So good job awesome. with that. Um, let me, if I could share the bits of yours that Ooh. I've actually purchased and used and want to give you kudos for give recommending. Me props for. 
Yeah. The one was from it the hard, past year. Was it hard was, to sort through all the great picks that I had to, to, to determine which was your favorite of those? I, I forced three? myself to buy one just because I couldn't find one that I really wanted to have in the first place. So I said, well, of the, I found the cheapest one and said, let me just go ahead and buy that one and use that. Now I, I joke. It's it seriously, I, I, uh, I probably picked one was one of the more expensive ones, unfortunately, but, uh, it's what I did, but it has been useful for me. And it has been the, you mentioned on one of the previous episodes, you brought up a, uh, it's called the, it's the Belkin USB-C mm-hmm. 11 in one multi-port dock, which is kind of just a whole mouthful of things to say. Yeah. But what it is, is for those of you not familiar with it, this is a, if you have a, a laptop, especially a computer that has a USB-C connection, which all modern Macs do, a lot of the modern PC and lap, Windows laptops do as well. This is a way of having one plug to plug into your laptop that will give you all the ports you need. Um, so you don't have to tie up all your ports and plug things directly into your laptop. You can already have them plugged into this port. And when you come into your home or office or anywhere like that and you set your laptop down, you plug in one cable and everything you've got connected is is up and running, ready to go. So I did use, I, I do have the, one of these running uh, here in my office. It's, it's actually nice. sitting on it right now. My laptop is. I've got the monitor I use, my HDMI monitor plugged into the port. I've got uh, two different USB cables I use for charging, like my phone or device already running out of this, uh, this, uh, this hub as well. I have Ethernet. So I have hardwired internet running into this hub. And uh, then I have USB-C coming in for power. So I'm running power into the hub as well. So I've currently got uh, five things running into this, this hub. I do use the smart media card because we shoot photos and video on smart media cards. I use that to import them in. Uh, I don't use the VGA. I don't have a VGA monitor or need for VGA. I don't use the display port because that's an, a, a technology I don't use for any of my monitors. But I think I use just about everything else. So uh, that's been really nice uh, mm-hmm. to have it all in one place. It, it's pricey. As you see up on the screen, it's $120. So it is pricey. It kind of took me a little while to kind of uh, muster up to, to get this. I've got one similar to it at home. But the one I've got at home is a J5. It's one of the ones, the brands they sell at Best Buy. It's been a little, it's not been as consistent as the Belkin has been. So even though the J5 was cheaper, uh, I went ahead and splurged and spend the extra money to get this one for my office because I really need to have a good reliable dock for that. And um, that is what we've got. So again, photos you see up there, your laptop actually sits on it. So it's kind of gives it a little bit of a, a raise up as well. Um and uh, I'm a big fan. So I like the hubs. I like not having to plug and unplug things as much as possible. So I really take my laptop from the home, set it on the hub I've got there. Everything works and ready to go. I unplug it, come back to the office, and I try to keep it as simple as possible. So thank you for recommending that, Brian. That was a, a good one. I've been happy with the quality of it so far. Um, yeah. It's worked yep. out really well. And I and mine is still still running running great. And I've gone through, I know you have as well. I've gone through several hubs, some that have burned out along the way and uh are not working as effectively. That one is the one that is still kicking and um still seems to run exactly like it did initially. Yep. The only thing that I would say I wish that they would have done in hindsight is to maybe add one port to the side of the of the dock. Mm. So so if I yeah. wanted to add a USB 
thumb drive that someone just comes up and says, Hey, here you go. And I can't put it on my Mac, you know, having to reach back behind there is a little tricky. Um, but you know, if they had a little, you know, USB drive on the side or they had something on the side, I guess the other option is I could do like a little, you know, dongle drive on the side as well that provides another hub for it. But yeah, you know, beggars uh, can't be choosers, right? If that's well, the be, smart media card would be the one I would love for it to be on the side to, because because you don't keep it in there. I'm assuming, right? You, no, you download no, I'm from it and then go. taking it from cameras and bringing yeah. it in to import some stuff in, and just trying to have to kind of maneuver around the back and try to find the slot and make sure it's in there securely is a it's not the ideal situation for every other cable. I leave them plugged in, so they're they're there. I yep. don't need to get to them. I like them being back out of the way, but I would love if smart media cards could at least be on the side for my purposes to use um, a little bit more uh, flexible there. So yeah, yep. right. that's uh, a nice. Belkin.com. So again, that was one of Brian's picks earlier in the year. So thanks for, for that, Brian. Yeah. All right. So I, I did struggle a little bit trying to, uh, to find one of yours that I wanted to talk about Alan and not because they weren't good picks. They were good. You had some good picks. Um, but a few of them that I've, tried, haven't ended up continuing to use, not because they weren't good uh, ideas, but so Copilot, for example, you mm-hmm. you uh, recommended recently. I'm still testing that, but I'm not exactly sure if I want to jump in and, and buy. Uh, Bartender, I remember was one that you, you mentioned I used for a while, um, uh, but uh, I still need to, to tweak that a little bit more to know if I want to kind of stick with it. But I actually sure. want to bring one up, and, and I'm hoping you'll help me out a little bit here, Alan, because this is one, I, I went a little bit differently. This is not one that I purchased, um, but I would say looking back at the uh, the picks that you had, this is the one that it just impressed me the most, and okay. I would still love to know more about it, uh, and I think it'd be great for you to bring that up again, and that's uh, Descript. Mm-hmm. Where you talked about the um, this is a uh, this is a, a product or a, a website that you go through on a service to be able to utilize for lots of different things, um, such as podcasting, uh, doing some video editing, taking transcription, and you know, and end up adding some uh, some additional. Uh, uh, kind of uh, help with your transcription. So Alan, I'm hoping you, yeah. you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit more about maybe how you use it or how you plan to use it. Cause I know in your business, this can be, uh, it's going to be a lot more beneficial than, than for me. Yeah. To me, I just no, thought it, it was incredibly cool and scary well, at the same time. So. <laughs> it is cool and it is scary. You're right on all those, but I, uh, I'll tell you what the main reason that somebody would use Descript is. And then I'll tell you, the fun reason you may use it that uh, may not be worth the money, but will be what more people might get a kick out of using it for. The idea with Descript is it kind of will treat audio. It really merges the idea between audio and text. So if you imagine that you're recording something, whether it's for a podcast, whether it's for an audio presentation or whatever it may be, you can record it and because doing transcription on the fly as you're processing that audio actually able to see your audio afterwards in text form. So you see the actual words lined up with the audio. So why is that important? Well, imagine if you said, um, uh, at one point during your, your talk and you want to find that, um, and get rid of it. You actually see it in a timeline. You see the word, um, you see the actual waveform for that word. Um, you can cut that out and it will stitch everything back together and make it more seamless. So you can have a much more polished, uh, presentation audio. Without having to go back and re-record parts or trying to use an audio editor to go in and find that audio piece, um, that's um, 
that's part of the issue there we've got when you're using Descript is is you you merge words and audio together and almost think about like a word processor for your audio recordings, which is kind of nice. In other words, you don't have to worry about um, you know being an audio editor necessarily. You can go through and make your edits and changes as you wish. Now, a lot of podcast recorders will use Descript as a way of kind of cleaning up their audio or processing it differently or editing it differently, which is great. Um, the one thing we played with, uh, well, the idea that we talked about that starts, starts to get in that little scary area is that if you have recorded your own voice into Descript, which it allows you to do, you can actually go in and read some portions of, of text that they provide you, and you can also import your own audio recordings and basically, it's going to create your own voice in Descript. So why would you need that? Well, let's say you did a recording. Let's say you did a speech or a podcast episode and you messed up and you said one person's name incorrectly or you said uh, the wrong, you meant to say left instead of right. You can actually go in <laughs> into Descript, take your audio transcription recording you did, find where you said left, highlight it, and say you want to replace it with the word right. And you can actually type in the word right. Because it's got a composite of your voice, it can actually replace the word left with the word right without you having to re-record anything. And it sounds really natural because it's your voice. It has synthesized your voice yep. to say the word right. So it's created an, a, a, a dynamic AI voice of your, your voice, and it can use any words uh, to swap out words or change phrases in your own audio recording. And it sounds really, really darn good. Now, does. Um, the cool thing is, is when people start playing with it and you start actually recording, having the AI in Descript read an entire passage of your audio from your voice without you having actually never recorded yourself saying that. Uh, you know, if you put in the four score and seven years ago speech into Descript, because you've got your audio, your voice already saved in there, it can actually go in and have you give you a recording of you reading that entire speech without you actually having to record it. <laughs> now, will it sound 100% natural? Eh, not 100%. There'll be some odd pauses on here, and it doesn't always get the, the inflection of your voice like you might have it when you're reading it. But I mean, I've recorded some stuff, and it's been pretty close. I mean, pretty good. Um, to the point where I've actually been able to play it back for some people and they were fooled thinking that it was something I recorded on my own. So uh, Descriptor is a really cool service. Uh, yeah. It is a subscription service. It is not one that I think everybody needs, but it is just a great technology. If you, Especially if you're recording anything audio, you're having to record speeches or presentations or podcast episodes, and you find yourself having to go back and edit a lot of it because you messed up or need to take out certain words or whatever it may be. This is a great tool for fixing all of that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Did I sum I, that up I, enough for your brain? That, that's, that's, yeah, that's right on. And uh, the thing that really intrigued me about it, obviously that the, the cool factor of, of having speech created digitally, you know, with you actually not having said those sentences, uh, uh, which I think is great. But I also started thinking of, you know, some potential, um, ways in which accessibility could be you know, enhanced by this, right? Someone's giving speeches or giving presentations, then you get a great audio transcript afterwards. But what if the reverse was happening? Someone that wasn't able to, uh, you know, use their voice and would was typing something out that they wanted to share with others, but 
instead of having just a robotic voice uh, presenting that, um, which a lot of the uh, computers might do, then here's a way in which it can actually be said in the the author's voice. And so I think there's there's lots of cool uh, use use cases in the future. Right now, as you said, it's it's pretty niche. Uh, for a lot of people, it's not going to be something everybody's going to need. But I think that uh, I think the the future is kind of uh, uh, is is pretty interesting to to use this and uh, the possibilities. So so I thought it was incredibly cool. And uh, and you know, there's very few things that you do, Alan, that impress me. Um, but that was one when you brought that up that uh, that I was I was somewhat impressed. I mean, obviously you didn't do anything with this, but uh, bringing it up. And to our attention was great. So, uh, well, so that was good. Descript. Descript. And uh, let me pull up. That's the website address there for Descript. Uh, you go in. It's a whole suite of products. You pay a subscription per month to have access to all the different tools that you may need. So, again, I really encourage people, if that sounds like something that may have some interest, really go explore all the tools and see if it's worth the dollars. Because I think it's like about $30 yeah. a month. It's it's a little on the pricey side for a subscription service, but if you're somebody in this business or you do this for a living or you do anything that makes you money and this is a way of saving time and money per month, it may be a good good option for you to look at. So yeah, all right, yeah. And I did try the the free version um, just to uh, you know to get a sense of how the how it all works. And of course, it's got some limits as to what you can do it'll export with mm -hmm. i think some some random words put in there but i think it was uh it was really cool to see and uh, and i kept thinking of ways that i could potentially use that so of course i can't cool. stop from thinking of the the great movie was it sneakers alan you remember the movie with robert oh, right, yes. that, uh, yeah. yeah my voice is my password authenticate yep. me yeah i think um you know, that scared me just a little bit of all the, uh, the voices that we could be using, but. Well, before like anybody it. thinks that you can go out and just get anybody else's audio recording and submit it, create a digital voice of somebody else, they do require you before you create any new voices, you have to have the person that you're getting the voice from. Right. Has to actually read a very specific passage of text, several sentences. And if they do, you don't get them reading that they're not going to create the voice for you. So in other words, there is some protection in place to make sure that you can't just download a lot of audio files of somebody talking and upload it to Descript and let them create an AI voice for that person. There, there is some safeguards to keep in mind with that. So, yeah, it's good. And here at Brothers in Tech, we're going to be video from here on, so it's going to be much harder for us to fool you by having you know AI audio, right? So, yeah. Well, unless we, what we, you're we watching right now here. is my uh, AI head head and video motion uh i've been working <laughs> on that for a while so it on. might be it might be yeah all right. all right so brian that's been our our brothers in tech uh, suggestions that we both kind of yep. saw from the past year that we wanted to kind of bring up again and, and highlight for us but mm -hmm. um but i think it's good to talk about too just in general outside of the brothers and tech suggestions what is something from 2021 for the year if we kind of had to look back at the past year what is a technology or product or um, system that we have just really found ourselves still saying this is a tech product or service that we love and we really don't want to do without. I mean, it really is one we, it's kind of a standout for the year, something that we still enjoy using or finding a lot of value in. And um, I, you went last, Brian, so it's okay. I'll go first on this go one here. It. So yeah. mine's good. going to be a very boring pick. And I really wrestled on what is that, that Surprise. overall, that biggest 
key product or service that I just really find myself not being able to live without. And um, again, like I said, it's going to be boring. It's nothing really fancy, nothing really uh, unique. It is the Apple TV uh, 4K device. It is the Apple TV media player. I, um, you know, when this first came out, first generation, it was limited. It, it, It just didn't match up with like what a lot of competitors were doing with the space of devices that you could hook up to your TV and get all your internet content streaming through. Every generation they've gotten, I feel better, both not only in functionality, but also in pricing, trying to be a little more aggressive in the pricing side. Well, these past couple of years, you know, they released the 4K version of the Apple TV box. It's not one that came out last year, but it's one that I feel like I probably got the most use out of this past year. If I just say there's a piece of technology that I find myself using on a daily basis, and I'm still very happy with and find myself just really enjoying using, it is the Apple TV device. I think the main reason that makes this device so uh, helpful in this past year is the latest versions of these boxes have the ability to have apps. You know, this is something they've had for a few years now, but to be able to install apps into the Apple TV box, just like you can a Roku or Amazon Fire Stick, uh, really means it's opened up to a lot of developers to do some really great apps. And there are some really great apps on the Apple TV 4K device. Um, beautiful apps, things that yeah. just look great on a big screen TV, some great games that have actually been really fun to play on the Apple TV as well. And I've been really happy with the overall quality of video I get from this as well. So again, I'm going to say it's you know not the most exciting choice, but it is the one that I find myself on a daily basis liking, enjoying, and using. It is the only device I turn on on my TV. Everything I do is through the Apple TV right now. And um, so it is still kind of my number one tech of the year that I find myself using. The other one I'll mention is, uh, let's see if I can uh, switch to another one here. And the other device I'm going to say, also one that's not the most exciting and not the most unique, but I... uh, have recently gotten into some of the newer HomePods that Apple puts out as well. I used to, I still do have one of the large HomePods, the original ones in my house, but since they discontinued those, I said, well, let me go ahead and kind of dip into the HomePod mini. So I got one of the newer ones that just came out. And uh, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not a huge, I don't have the greatest ear for audio, but these things sound every bit as good as the HomePod, the, the large one, and they come at a much cheaper price. They're still a little higher price than some of the other competitors that you may get from other vendors, but I think the quality still shines through. I love the fact that it's everything can kind of sense when my phone is nearby. If you know, I want to use it as a device uh, to beam music to, it seems to be a lot more intuitive and knowing where I want to go with my music. And the fact that it can also act as a uh, HomeKit hub for your home and device uh, situation as well. Just to me, it's just, it's a good buy. Uh, do I wish it was still a little cheaper? Sure. I'd love it to get down to like $60 or so, yeah. but it does a yeah. lot of things for the price that you pay the $99. Um, so I'm a fan of it. I love the HomePod, the form, uh, the form of it. The size of it right now is just great. So that's the two tech devices or two tech products that I still use every day, very happy with, and uh, I felt like was money well spent. So yeah, I have to agree wholeheartedly on the Apple TV. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm someone that actually has several different streaming, uh, platforms going in my house, uh, mainly because, um, of expense, right. I have a, you know, a TV, one place that has a Roku on it. I have a TV at another place that has a, um, a Google Chromecast on it, both of which are fine. Um, Roku, I've become less and less, uh, you know, interested in over the years. They just, it just yeah. seems to be, you know, somewhat boring. Um, the, the Chromecast, I would say, has gotten a lot better and is a very slick uh, interface, but neither one of them can hold a candle to the Apple TV. Um, and of course, it's a lot more expensive, so therefore it should be better. But uh, I think we talked about it before, Alan. The Apple TV, what what I think for people that would say, well, the Apple TV doesn't do anything different than my Chromecast. You know, my Chromecast is $30 or $20. What's the, what's the deal? I think... Knowing that if you look at even just the way that certain apps can function within the Apple TV, that they can't function with some other services. Mm -hmm. For example, ESPN, you know, even the ESPN app has so many more feature functionality elements to it because it's a more powerful device, because it's, you know, the, the app's been created a little bit cleaner. Um, so it's just a, yeah, it's just a really solid. And I don't know about you, but I find myself much more, um, interested in airplaying from different mm -hmm. devices now you know that used to be kind of a quirky like oh that would be kind of cool if someone happens to be around you want to throw something up from your phone i find myself doing that a lot now um mm -hmm. you know my wife and i will be watching and one of us will say oh i just saw this you know online and rather than coming over and saying take a look at my phone it's like hey let me just show you on the screen so i think it's a mm -hmm. uh, it's a great device and it's and it keeps getting better and the apps are are incredibly solid is it is it necessary if you're not an Apple person? Maybe not, but if you are an Apple person, I think it's uh, and it's it's a great move. So, all right. Well, I job. think what they've yeah. done with with both those products is they've just done the typical Apple thing, which is refine, refine, refine. Yeah, yeah. You know, trying some different form factors, trying some different sizes, trying different prices. Now they've got these devices to where, okay, yeah, it, this kind of makes sense now. Both functionality. The size, the price, everything. I'm very happy with where they are with these products right now. So yeah, that's good. And I can't speak to the HomePods, but uh, but I, but I have certainly certainly heard a good thing, especially about the minis. So okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna bring uh, bring up one that uh, well I've mentioned a number of times, but it still has become uh, kind of my go to, uh, and I'm still very impressed uh, with it. Is going to be the let me get my window share. Um, it's going to be the wise outdoor camera. Okay. So if, for people that, uh, will remember that many times throughout the show that I've mentioned this company wise, I just, I still just love what they're doing. Uh, th what they do is not perfect. Um, there it, it's, it's continuing to evolve. It's got some little hiccups of things that will happen, but they are absolutely laser focused on, inexpensive items to be able to do what it is you need them to do. Um, so, so wise is a company out of Washington, uh, Washington state. And, uh, and I'm going to specifically mention the wise cam, the outdoor wise cams. Um, and this I'm showing one right here. And this one has mm -hmm. a, a camouflage on it, which, uh, is not the one that I have. I have just the white, but I think some people were complaining that they wanted cameras that, you know, would, uh, not stand out as much on, uh, where they place them. But, uh, so these are wireless that, that, uh, box that you're seeing with the camera on the left there. Um, mm -hmm. that is a, uh, um, 
so that has no wires to it. It can charge. Uh, the uh, I'm I think right now I'm about three or four months uh, on a charge for each one of these. Um, so I pull them down, charge them up, uh, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, and then they're good for three or four months. And I'll set my, uh, you know, set myself a reminder for two months down the road just to double check what the, the battery life is. And when you open up the app, each one of the cameras will say, here's how much charge it or how much uh, battery life it has left. Mm-hmm. So uh, I bring this up because still... There, I know there are very few of these devices out there for someone who wants home security who doesn't want to get sucked into paying a monthly fee. And I know there are very few of those out there. Now, Wise has developed a monthly service that you can mm-hmm. join into, uh, which gives you some, um, some uh, additional features. But I have had no reason to do that whatsoever. So I am still not paying a dime uh, each month for my home security system. I have... Uh, I have four of these cameras, these outdoor cameras. I have three uh, outside, and then I put one of them inside in a different room. Uh, so it's being used indoors. And those four can all connect through one hub, which is the the little uh, antenna thing that's uh, that you see in the back of the screen there. So this hub plugs in and is close, going to be close to your router, and that that connects with all your cameras that are outside. So. Uh, just to really quickly, the use case that I have um, mm-hmm. is that I have it set to notify me when there's movement. And that notification comes through as a push notification on my phone and my wife's phone at the same time because we're both on the same account. So we'll both get the notification that says there's movement on your your driveway. I have a I have one of these mounted above my, uh, my garage door and uh, pointed to my driveway. Mm-hmm. And so we click on the notification and the notification itself has a little image, a little uh, screenshot image of the movement. I click on it. It brings up a 12 second video of movement that happened. And so I can see that there was a person or there was a dog that walked across or, or, or something um, has triggered it. Um, if I wanted to right then, I could click in and start speaking through that camera. So I can mm-hmm. speak to my phone and have it announce, uh, you know, get out of my driveway. Um, but I also could then save the video. Uh, and this actually happened a couple of months ago. We had someone where the, the notice came on that someone's in our driveway. I pulled it up and I saw someone that came down our driveway, walked down our driveway, went up and looked at our camera and then turned away and walked away. So I saved that. So I wanted to save mm-hmm. that to see, can I figure out who this person is? And it turned out it was a it was a neighbor, but a neighbor had seen the camera, and I guess they were interested to know what kind of camera it was. But by saving that, it allowed me to, to be able to get to it later, pull it up, try to see if I if I knew who that was or if I needed to, you know, hand something mm-hmm. up to the authorities. Um, sure. so you know, it's a it's a normal setup, uh, very easy to use. Uh they the one thing I will say is kind of annoying is they're continuously providing firmware updates. And when they do that, it means every time you pull up the camera to see what's going on, you get a little message, hey, firmware update, mm-hmm. you want to update, and then the updates will take them offline for a couple minutes and then back on. Um, I have figured out just to ignore those and kind of say cancel and don't remind me, and I'll go in every so often and just update all the firmwares. But uh, but Wise is doing a great job with this. They've got a bunch of products, uh, but I think these outdoor cameras have been great. I will mention really quickly just two 
recent use cases that have made this kind of my, I don't know, my pick of the year. Um, mm -hmm. One, we thought we had a, a mouse issue in our crawl space. So how easy this was that I just took one of these outdoor cameras, went down to the crawl space, put it in the crawl space and just left it there. So now I would get notified if, you know, a mouse were to go across where the mouse trap wow. was. Because yeah. I, I don't want to sure. go down and check every day to see if the mouse trap has been tripped, right? Yeah, I sure. want to know mm -hmm. by a notification. And so I just kept it down there and then moved it back to where it was, uh, you know, a couple weeks later. Um, the other is that our, you know, our, our dog has been going through some health issues. And mm -hmm. so both my wife and I will check in on him and we have a camera in the living room so we can pull that up and we can see if he's up and pacing or if he's, you know, eating or if he's sleeping. Um, so for us, it's just been a great way to, you know, daily to be checking in on our house. We don't care so much about, I mean, the security is great. Um, we don't panic so much about security where we live, but being able to have remote access to all these other things by video has been really, really helpful and not yeah. to pay for, pay for a monthly service for us. So, um, so yeah, sure. I'm going to recommend this for people that are looking for a low cost, easy way to, um, uh, to, uh, to see what's going on uh, remotely at your house. So Very cool. wise cam outdoor. So. All right. The wise cam outdoor. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yep. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna I was gonna mention a second one, uh, Alan, but I, I'm only gonna mention yeah. this just in casual because uh, this was not a uh, this is not something that I have, but it is something mm -hmm. I have access to right now, which is mm -hmm. and you've mentioned before, but Apple CarPlay. I've mm -hmm. never had CarPlay on a car. Uh, I am I am currently traveling, and um, I have a rental car, which is by the way the worst rental car I've ever had in my entire life, except for the fact. <laughs> that it has CarPlay in it. I've never had CarPlay mm. and that has been incredibly slick. So, uh, so yeah. I will say one of the things I'm super excited about is how the integration of some of our technology is taking steps forward and CarPlay is a really good example of that. So uh, hopefully a future car will, uh, will have that, um, have that in it. So it's pretty much a requirement for any new car I'm going to be looking at right yeah, away. I, so I, I, I would see, I can see why. Yeah, my, I'm very jealous. My wife has it in her car, and uh, I intentionally don't want to ride in her car with her because I get jealous and mad about <laughs> her having it and me not. So, yeah, because you I'm have access that. to what the the Ford um, system. Yeah, Ford uses the uh, uh, Flex. Uh, no, Flex. I'm sorry, the uh, no. uh, my. Oh gosh, Sync S Y N C. Yep, Ford Sync. Microsoft uh, yep. Microsoft yep. Sync yep. system, yep. which is fine. It does okay, but it's definitely not not. CarPlay yeah, or even the uh, Android great. audio is I think also a very similar platform for the Android side, having that yep. direct integration with your phone and with the apps you have there, you just, uh, it's just amazing. You can't really beat that. So it's great. That's great. Um, okay, Brian. So that was our kind of our picks of the year for our <laughs> own family favorite home tech. Let's, um, let's turn it up a little bit. Let's talk about some really just random tech that we made were made aware of this past year, either products that were announced products that are being released or products that are just being demoed. And we really wanted to uh, highlight those uh, kind of talking about the most random, possibly useless, although I'm going to guess, I think my two, there's actually some value. It might to be some useful. Just, okay. All right. Maybe it's just not ones I would necessarily find myself going out to purchase anytime really soon, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on how useful you may feel some of this tech may be. Um, 
Let me go ahead and go with my first one. I'm going to okay. go ahead and get my most extreme one out the door right away first. If that's okay. Throw it out. Let's let see. me uh, let me bring up my article here. That this was announced early in the year, and uh, the Toto's Wellness Toilet. <laughs> if we want to talk about true home automation, here we go. Here we're taking home automation all the way into the restroom. Uh, it is a toilet that will analyze your fecal matter, or as the headline so accurately puts it, your poop. Um, <laughs> analyzing your fecal matter, the smart commode can determine your health and offer recommendations to improve it via a mobile app. So, Brian, if we're on that holy grail trying to make sure everything in our house is connected and we've got automation running the best we can. This is one piece, one missing piece of the puzzle that we need to keep in mind. So as you can see, it is a true toilet. It is a toilet and it will take your uh, disposed items in the toilet. Analyze my what? It will take my what? Fecal matter, disposed items, whatever you want to call it. So, um, there's several other words I could use. I'm going to choose not to at this point. Um, and it will give you recommendations via the app on what it thinks you need to do to improve your health based on what it sees in your your poop. So, yep. Uh, yep. Brian, does this have any intrigue at all to you at this point? Um, well, I mean... I'm a techie, so I would I would I would love to get some uh, some feedback on things, uh, but I don't know, Alan. I I mean, I, I guess I guess I want to know a little bit more about what kind of information it's going to provide. I mean, is it going to tell me that I'm eating too much Mexican food, or is it telling me that um, you know that I need to exercise more? Is it telling me that um, I, I I use too much toilet paper? I, I I guess I want to know like what is it. What kind of feedback is it going to give? Does it give you some examples? It doesn't. I don't see any examples on exactly mm -hmm. the kind of feedback you would get. Um, I think this may have been like in the prototype at the beginning of the yep. year. I don't know how, how close this went to actual rolling out. I'll tell you this. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. I think once you get past the awkwardness of feeling like what's happening in the toilet, and what what's being done, after you finish your business, I, uh, once you can kind of get past that, I mean, I, I, I get value cause I mean, I've always heard doctors say that sometimes, uh, you learn the most from kind of some of the waste materials. So if, if they can pull some really great recommendations on your health and from that, uh, I guess, I guess that works. I guess I'd be yeah. interested. Um, just again, it's yeah. just more of the concept is something you kind of gotta, gotta be comfortable with and ready to, get around. And, and, right. you know, just uh, the part that makes me a little nervous is, okay, so how is it analyzing, right? Is it taking, is there a camera in there? And then if so, okay, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to clean that lens, you know, and is there, um, you know, is it, is it actually taking uh, samples of this and, and, you know, analyzing it? And, and if so, what happens if that breaks down? I I guess I'm I'm always thinking of the worst case scenario, right? I mean, do I want to take a plunger to what's most likely going to be a couple thousand dollar, uh, <laughs> you know, piece of <laughs> piece of uh, technology? 
uh, I, you know, I, I love automate as much as you can automate and, um, and, and get the information you get. But, uh, I don't know that one, that one's, uh, that that's a little bit of a crappy choice there, Alan. Um, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, see where you went there. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. thanks. Good. I've been playing him. Well, that was my first, uh, random, I'm not going to say useless home tech idea because I think there's some use there. I think it's just that's a big hill to climb uh, on the home automation side to feel comfortable with for sure. So, um, yeah. So Brian, what have you got? What have you got to well, share with us? What's a kind of okay. random or useless tech you're finding? So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, the, the two that I, that I came up with um, are both on opposite end of the spectrum of price. Okay. So the first okay. one, the first yeah. one I'm going to show you is the inexpensive one. And, um, and I bring this up and it's on Amazon. Um, you can purchase it for $10. Um, but this is the quirky egg minder wink app enabled smart egg tray. Okay. Now that was, uh, that was a mouthful, right? But basically what is it? Well, it's to suggest that we, uh, somebody believes that we need to know exactly what is in our egg tray because the, uh, the end of the world could happen if we run out of eggs and we don't know that we're getting ready to run out of eggs. So, so this is actually an egg tray uh, that has uh, sensors enabled to it uh, to where it can notify you if you're, uh, if you're running out of eggs and how many eggs you have mm-hmm. left. Uh, it can also notify you, I guess, that your eggs are about to expire um, if it, know, it knows when you put them in. Um, I don't think it actually knows anything about the egg, so it's not analyzing like your poop analyzer is doing, but... Um, it is actually, I think just noticing this is when you put an egg in there and this is how long it's been Mm -hmm. in there. Um, so if you take a look at the, uh, the ratings, the ratings are pretty bad, um, which makes (laughs) for Amazon a two and a half is not good. Yeah. Cause I'm sure they gave a lot of free ones out to this one, but, um, but you know, and the fact that it actually was what someone thought uh, was needed, uh, makes me a little concerned. Um, now, I will say on the useful side, I am a big believer in things like smart refrigerators. And if I can have Mm -hmm. a refrigerator that is a little bit uh, more uh, dialed in to be able to tell me when certain things were put in there or if a door was left ajar or if the temperature is getting too low, um, those things like that. I think, you know, sometimes the refrigerator is a... uh, kind of a mysterious box to me to where we don't want to open it up and dig through it. Um, and we often miss the things that are in the back, but the egg tray itself, I have never found myself needing a egg tray, egg tray, smart, um, reminder. So, so I'm going to put this one up as useless for me, uh, Alan useful. I think I'm just going to open the fridge and look at the eggs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I think that's what I'm going to do. Now, granted, it's only 10 bucks, so it'd be different. I would, I'd say absolutely no if it was like typical uh, home automation devices and be like $40, $50 or more. At 10 bucks, eh, I mean, maybe if, if this is a real issue for you, maybe it's worth the 10 bucks, but the ratings are concerning to me. Yep. Um, and uh, just the overall functionality. I mean, I, like you said, I, it's not analyzing the eggs. It's just putting a timer on them. Like it doesn't know when you, like what the a- expiration date of the eggs were when you bought them. So right. if you bought eggs that were already close to expiration, can't imagine this thing knows that. It's going to just set a timer and say it's been sitting here for X number of days. 
And so again, it doesn't seem like it's the most intuitive thing. Um, no, that would I think be my this concern. Was a very for sure. simple. Someone decided to make a very, you know, small yeah. need, simple. You know, here you go, and it's just a sensor, yeah. right? So just having sensors. So, um, yeah. All right. So that one I'm going to okay. say is somewhat useless uh, for me. Alan, you got one more. I've got one more to share. All right. And this one is useful. Useless. Well, mm. you know what? I've actually come around on this. I actually think this may be genius. Um, so this is a Kickstarter that just did close up this year, meaning a Kickstarter where you could go and it's not a product that's been made yet, but they're raising money to make it. Um, it's called the shower power, the hydro power shower. So it's a Bluetooth shower speaker. And now they make some of these already. So there's nothing really new about a Bluetooth speaker in your shower. Because that's how, you know, if people like to listen to music or anything or news or anything in the shower, they can have a little Bluetooth speaker and beam from their phone to it. The difference with this particular device is that the actual device, it goes attached to your shower head and is powered by the water running through Ooh. the shower. So in other words, okay. the uh, you don't have to recharge it. You don't have to put in new batteries. You don't have to do anything like that. Supposedly the water pressure running through that will actually charge and power the actual Bluetooth speaker. So I'll say this. I, I think this is pretty cool. I, um, I personally don't need it. I don't, I don't listen to stuff in the shower. I'm, I'm generally, you know, um, I don't find myself listening to things there. So it doesn't apply to me personally, but I do love the idea of this technology of saying, Hey, you know what, if you want to listen and you don't have to worry about charging or powering up any kind of Bluetooth device, this will do it. So basically running the power will give you up to 10 hours of power within it uh, to use. Um, okay. I'm and just, it's made from recycled plastic. So, you know, I think it's cool. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm baffled. I, I'm, I'm wondering how you saw this and thought it wasn't genius to begin with. I, well, because at first I just thought, you know, Hey, look, I actually thought it was more for people who just want to sing in the shower and that's not what I do. But then I realized, no, there's a whole market. People like to listen to things in the shower. So I guess that's great. All the video clips you just saw, it looked like people were singing to the shower. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't do that. Uh, I, got you. So I didn't see the need, but now I am starting to come around and be like, okay, maybe this actually is uh, kind of cool. Um, I think, it, I think it's genius. And I'll tell you why it appeals to me. Well, one, I do have a, uh, a shower speaker. Uh, it's rechargeable. Um, we actually take it camping with us sometimes and be able to, we'll stick it mm -hmm. out on kind of the, the window of our van, um, because it has a suction cup on it, but, but it, there's nothing more annoying than having, you know, let's say I listen because it lasts for a long time. It lasts for several weeks, but to have it then when it does cut off, the fact that you now know that you've got to take it out and you can't continue to listen to what you were listening to. And plus you're stuck in the shower. You might've been listening to a podcast, um, if this actually works, yeah. And actually will the, the water will in fact, uh, charge it. I think that's, uh, I think that's genius. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, of course I will admit, like I said, I've come around on this. I've yeah. come around on it and saying it actually could be something really cool. Now it is still uh, a Kickstarter. It has closed. It was, uh, opened up, uh, earlier this year. It has uh, closed up since then, but uh, it looks like, uh, I don't know if they reached their goal or not. So hopefully they're going to be able to continue going forward with this. But um, the whole water powered, yep. uh, hydro powered device, I think is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm, yep. I'm all for it. And even if they don't finish up using this, I hope somebody else does something similar to it. Agreed. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. So that's my two items there I wanted to bring up as far as uh, 
my random ones. Did you have another one? I do. I have one more. And as I mentioned before, I'm going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum now in terms of price. Um, And so, Alan, before I show you this, uh, Mm -hmm. do you do the laundry in your in your house? Do you do your own laundry? I do some of the laundry. Some of the laundry. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. What would you say? I'm not the go-to laundry person, Yeah, but I, I am capable of doing laundry and have done laundry on occasions. Okay. Yes. Right. What would you say is the most annoying part of the laundry process? Doing the laundry. Okay. <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> Just the whole process. All right. No, the most, oh, your most individual single piece of it? Yeah. Of um, the, folding. The, the, folding. Yeah. Folding afterwards. Look at that. See, you, yeah. you guessed it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I told you, Alan? What if I told mm-hmm. you? that there was a device that you could buy that would fold your laundry perfectly, that it folds the laundry for you. That's crazy talk. I'd say that's crazy. That's crazy crazy talk. talk. (laughs) Well, let me introduce you. Let me introduce you, Alan, to Mm -hmm. the uh, machine that will make your life a lot easier. It's the Foldy Mate, right? The Foldy Mate. Foldy Mate. Foldy Mate. Okay. Now, okay. uh, I know nothing about this. Uh, I ran across it. Um, and the, the reason I thought initially it was like, oh, interesting. So again, it's taking like the egg is taking one small little need. Uh, well, maybe it's not small. A lot of people do this, but it's then creating a machine for it. But then I started thinking, wait a minute, how big is this thing have to be in order to, to be folding for you? And sure enough, it's mm-hmm. It's pretty large. Um, so let me. Wow. Okay. I see me, the clothes at the bottom of the device, and that kind of yeah. gives me some there's idea your, of scope. Right so here. it's. This is basically another a laundry, tall. a tall laundry uh, setup, right? So you've got your probably, if you have a vertical, you know, washer dryer, and then next to it, you have another vertical setup that's going to be uh, folding for you. So yeah, this. Would it be wonderful if I didn't have to fold my clothes anymore? I love that idea. Um, but one, how big this thing is. Two, how expensive mm-hmm. it is, right? It's going to be about $1,000. Um, $1,000. $1,000. And number three, mm. how often is something like this going to break down and become just a, a you know piece of junk that has to get... I almost picture it like a copying machine, like a copier. Yeah. And I remember all the paper jams I would have to deal with on copiers. I mean, I just wonder if there's like clothing jams that you have to deal with where a piece of clothing gets just stuck in there, jammed, and and you have to take it apart to get the thing out. I'm assuming that this is not going to be one of those things. There you go. Look at that. Look, I mean, you got the kids doing it. Mom and dad don't have to do anything anymore. Um, It is the same height as that young girl, which I'm assuming she's probably like seven or eight. The one actually holding the dress. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. yeah. That's pretty big. So it's the height of a seven or eight year old. And so uh, pretty and, wide too. But and obviously, you know, I didn't think it was that attractive, but these people think it's attractive enough to be in their living room. They love so, it. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. they they are, they are loving it. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And well, parents, and like, parents look, of the year hey, right there, if, by the way. Yeah. If you got a thousand bucks and you got space in your laundry room and it just makes sense and you know, you spend a lot of time, I think for a large family that has a lot of full clothes folding going on. Maybe, maybe it's worth a thousand bucks and maybe you throw the machine in there. My biggest fear is like what you said, Brian would be the, the upkeep and maintenance on it because it's a lot of moving pieces inside this box. Yep. I mean, there's yep. clothes going in, clothes being folded, clothes, different sizes being handled coming out the bottom. That's a lot of moving parts. All it takes is one of those to get jammed up or messed up. And I just wonder how 
yeah. tough it's going to be to deal with it. Now, here, here's what I would say. If imagine, so this, as you can see, this is 50 inches tall, right? Or 49.2. Yeah. Um, imagine that it was the size of, let's say, a, uh, an officer. And you could actually pick it up, put it on the shelf in your closet. And when it comes time to folding, you take it out, put it on your bed mm-hmm. and just start feeding things in. Then I'd say you got something, right? If you've got the ability to fold uh, large things, you know, I'm thinking uh, I want it like a change machine. I throw my entire laundry in there and it sorts it out, folds it, spits it out. If it does that, I would gladly pay a couple thousand dollars for that, right? Well, if I had a couple Mm. thousand, I would gladly pay for that. If I could, if I could dump the entire thing in and it would then sort and fold. But if I have to sit here and a line and put one of these shirts up there at a time, let it fold. If all that's doing is folding, uh, I'm not so sure. I, you know, I'm not sure that my well, my clothes need to be as perfectly uh, creased. Well, as but I let's think look at let's see what it do. says on the on the site there, Brian. It does say, imagine folding a full laundry load with around 25 items in less time than it takes to brew a cup of coffee. Now that makes it sound like you could take a load and just put it all in there, and know. it's going to do it all for I, you in a couple minutes. Um, yeah. Does the video play? Do, do you have the okay, video? Well, Can you play and show that. what this looks like? Let's try that. Let's see. Is that? I just want to see what it does. We'll see this. I don't think we have the audio from it, but that's fine. We can at least just see how the whole process works. All right. So she's, feed, okay. uh, it is one at a time. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She is feeding it in one at a time. Okay. That's okay. So the moment, more the moment that she just took to straighten out those jeans, it would have taken me maybe two seconds later to to drop it down, fold it, and yeah. throw it on the. Uh, All right, uh, no, this is no good. Yeah, yeah. It, the thing is, it's the whole one at a time. Now, granted, it does a wonderful job of folding. Look at that at the bottom. It is yep. a beautiful folding job. Is putting on these pants. I like that. Yeah, that's great. Look at the way it comes out the bottom. But the fact that you're still feeding it in one at a time, and you're having to kind of line it up and like have it fed in a certain way for it to work. Uh, again. Okay. Now shirts, me, I'll take a few more seconds and fold it. Right. So, so shirts, maybe let's say, let's say I was, uh, you know, let's say that I was doing laundry for, you know, uh, several people that had dress shirts and that, and that was dress shirts. Sure. Maybe that can be problematic, right? If you're folding something, you have a person who travels in your family and they need their dress shirts out, uh, you know, to be able to go in a suitcase. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some use cases, but I don't know. I don't know. A thousand bucks for this. And this, of course, is not something this was also, um, you know, the uh, uh, something to come. I don't think it ever actually came out. Um, oh, let me go right. back. Where did it go? So, well, anyway, kind of, it was more of a proof of concept. Kind it of was a proof of concept. I don't and get people to pre-order. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think you could actually go and find this right now. But uh, the fact that someone put probably an awful lot of capital into creating even the prototype of that. Um, it's a good idea, but boy, if there you, was a big, if I, there was a big laundry basket on top, you tossed everything up there, and you came back. Even if you came back an hour later and everything was folding, and I didn't have yeah. to do anything, I'm I don't in. need it done fast. I'm all in. I just want it done with no, no hand, no no concerted time put mm-hmm. in to do it. That's, right. At that point, I'm like, well, I should have just spent a couple extra minutes and just folded it myself and saved a thousand bucks. So that's kind of where I am with it. But yeah. uh, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think they're they're they're. 75% of the way on that kind of device for it to be something good. Yep. Yep. So anyway, okay. that's, uh, I, I say good. it's, I love it. I'd say it's useless right now because it is, you know, not there, but, uh, yeah, 
you know, those are always fun things to see. So, all right. Well, that was our kind of random slash useless slash maybe not for us technologies. Although looking back, I think a couple, I think the ones I brought up might actually be, have some value to them in some way, shape or form. Your poop analyzer. Um, you really, you really, you're, yeah, you're in, I you're think all in some, on the poop I think analyzer. there's value there. Okay. I do. I think there's value there. I just, I think it's just going to take, I mean, it's just going to take some time to get people comfortable with that, that concept. I think yeah. me included. Um, well, Brian, let's wrap up this episode, We're wrapping up 2021, kind of just do a little bit of forward thinking. We kind of did this last year too. We said, all right, look, we, we talked about the products we love from this past year or things we're using this past year. We also talked about things that maybe aren't going to work out as well uh, for the past year, products that were announced. But if we kind of have to give one hope for 2022 when it comes to home and family technology, something that we hope gets better, something we hope they do differently, something we hope they do new. Um, and I know these are going to be kind of broad wishes. Um, we're not asking for maybe a specific product or device to come out, but more of a, what do we want technology to be trying to move towards as we go forward? Brian, what, well, if it's okay, I'll, I'll go first again. I like going first on these oh, things. And yeah. I mean, it's, let it's, you kind of key off that if that's save okay. Sure. Yep. Um, Here's my hope for 2022, my prediction, my, or my wish, I guess we, and we just talked about this maybe one or two episodes ago where we revisited talking about streaming services. Okay. I think we've, we've all come to the idea that, you know, uh, streaming services are here to stay. They are the way that people are going to be getting their entertainment. It's just, this is the way you were, the, the world we're moving to my biggest concern. And we kind of alluded to this in our, our, our previous episode is that we are seeing more and more of that fragmentation, more and more different services promoting different type of content and different available. And I think it's getting us back to the old cable days of having to figure out yeah. where things are on different channels, where things are on different services. I'm afraid that every network is going to come out with their own app and their own service of their own content. And we're going to end ourselves up paying more money than we were with cable to get the same assortment of products we did and that more and more of these services are going to start to cut ties with companies like YouTube TV or other groups because they're going to start to find more money they can make on their own with their own service and subscription service. Ultimately it's going to be bad for the consumer. And that's my yeah. biggest concern. So my hope is, is that we start to see, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to recommend consolidation of these services because I don't necessarily think that's the best way to do it. But make it easier and simpler to make sure that we're only subscribing to the services that we need for the content that we really want to watch. Can it all be centralized in one place? I know Apple TV's app is trying to do that to some degree to make it easy to go to one spot and get a lot of your content, but they're not all the way there. And there's other uh, aggregation services that could come along too. Overall, that's my biggest concern or wish for 2022 is when it comes to our entertainment options that we find some ways to streamline it, simplify it, make it easier for people to get the content they want without a lot of nickel and diming of every little subscription service that we, we have to subscribe to. Yeah. No, it's I, a lofty dream. Do. I don't know. It's going I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So Brian, is that kind of where you yeah, are? I'm, I'm, something different? Gosh, I'm, I'm right with you in terms of, I agree with everything you said, um, which is rare. Uh, I, I agree with you in terms of, I think we're right back to where we were before price-wise for a lot of people. Um, and we've talked about this before about how what's happened now is everybody is looking for the series or the movie 
most likely the series that really draws someone in. And then, of course, that company hopes by subscribing for that series that you'll then find some other things that they have, keep them, realize that only it's only $8 a month or something. And so you'll just have it hanging around. But we've got all of these things that are adding up. So, uh, I mean, personally, I was really happy with um, the fact of picking and choosing a couple services um, and then maybe having the opportunity to just buy a series and say, I, I just want to go watch that series. There's a season of it. I'll subscribe or I'm now, uh, I'm sorry, I'll uh, rent it or something. Watch it, be done with it. Uh, but now they've, they've got your hooks in you and, uh, you know, and it's tough. And I would love to see that get a little bit more uh, integration. Um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love for something like Apple TV's app to be smoother and cleaner so that it, there is a one place I can go that's only going to show me the things I have access to and not tempt me with all these mm-hmm. other things I don't want to pay right. for, um, yes. which is very frustrating. So, um, Well, that and also as long as it worked with all the major services. Unfortunately, that's out of Apple's hands in some situations. But, you know, Netflix, I, I still don't think Netflix is on the Apple TV's, their their home app on the Apple TV, which again, you know, if you watch stuff on Netflix, then if you rely on a service like the Apple TV app to show you everything you can watch, you're not going to see your Netflix shows, which means yep. it's not a complete solution. Yep. And I understand the reasons why a Netflix won't doesn't want to do it. They won't cut people to come into their app and explore their library themselves. But from a consumer standpoint, it just becomes very tough because there's been plenty of times where somebody has recommended a show to me and I no lie, I have to go to five different services to say, okay, where is that show? Yep. And then is there going to require me to have a whole nother subscription to something that I don't want to do? Is there any way for me to see this show, even if I pay $5 one time just to see it? No, there's not. I got to subscribe to the service and then I got to remember to cancel it after one month. It's just, it's not, it's not the user-friendly service. I think we were all hoping and yep. expecting when yep. streaming services came around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think, unfortunately it's a, double-edged sword here, right? If you have the companies that buy each other up to make it simplified, they're going to raise the price because they have you, right? And there's not as much competition. So unfortunately, we're not sure. Maybe a good time to just quickly mention, Alan, you provided a really good uh, bit. I think it was actually over a year ago, but uh, Just Watch, an app that you could pull Mm -hmm. up and say, well, I want to watch that. And it'll tell you where um, where you can find that. So you don't have to go and search through each of the services to see which one has it. Uh, Alan, I'm going to, I'm going to give you just a a slightly different, uh, direction here, but I think there's some similarities here. You talked about things being fragmented and you'd like to see more integration of that. The piece that I feel is really fragmented for me and, and I'd love to see this, someone work this out. And we talked about it before about communication. I would love to see someone develop a ultimate communication Mm. app. For example, yeah. someone sends me a text message or someone sends me something through Facebook Messenger or someone sends me uh, or tweets at me or someone uh, leaves a voicemail. I want it all to be in the same place. I want to be able to see yes. this person sent me a message. I don't care where it came from. Right? right? I just want to be able to respond back to them on that same platform. Someone sent me an email. Someone sent me something through Microsoft Teams. I want to be in one place. And then you can have a little icon next to it that says where it came from so that they sure. can understand what's happening. But the fact that I have to communicate with people in so many different ways, um, and each one of those ways has its you know pluses and minuses, uh, an app that I've got to go to or a website I got to go through to do it. 
someone needs to develop a an ultimate communicate app. And uh, yes, and if you could go to that and you can handle your email, you can handle your text messages, you can handle your tweets, you can handle your instant messages, messenger, all of that stuff in one place. I would be so happy. I would be so happy. I, you got me very excited. And now I have to remind myself that that product, as far as I know, it does is not, not exist. there. It is not there yet. Because just the, what you were describing would be enormous. Um, and I think it's a problem we're all facing is we're, 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 we're dealing with communications coming from so many different places. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I gave the example of, I don't ever use Facebook messenger. I just, I don't, I mean, when I go onto Facebook, it's for very specific purposes yep. and I'm not there for very long. I don't use messenger, but sure enough, the one time I did go in and say, Oh, I wonder if I, if I need to look at anything there, there's like messages from like months ago that I probably yep. got a notification about, but I didn't, I missed and because I don't go to that app very often, I just never saw them. And uh, I, but if I had it channeled into some sort of universal communication app, I'd see it, I'd remember it, I'd go and use it right. and respond to it. And I would, I feel like I'd be a lot more on top of my, my dialogue with everybody. So, yep. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with, with you it. on that. Yep. I think it would, uh, that would be, that would be great. So someone who's listening, you know, that has some connections, let's, let's put this together. Let's make this happen. Um, you know, maybe it needs to be a brothers in tech communication app, right? We'd be happy to, to, you know, play a part in that, right. And be beta testers, but let's make hey, it happen. If anybody out there is working on one and all of our listeners, all the app community development community that watches our show, if you're working on it, contact us, let us know. We want to help, help yeah, you in any way we make can it happen. make this a reality. Let's so make it happen. We will, yep. we will be on board with it. <laughs> okay, Brian. Well, I wow. think that's a great lofty goals for 2022. It ain't going to happen, but you I know, think yeah, it's well, some, some goals we can have anyway. For you know, ourselves. It's all about it's um, all about, you know, thinking of the possibilities, Alan, right? Making our life easier. Yep. That's right. Yep. Well, I uh I think twenty twenty one was an interesting year for technology, is an interesting year for people as they were kind of suffering through still through the pandemic and doing a lot more with home technology, a lot more with automation, a lot more with um uh, tying a lot of things together and using online streaming services more. It's kind of, it was a fun year for technology, even though it wasn't the, a fun year in a lot of other respects. Um, but um, I'm a- interested to see what the next year brings and what we can find uh, for ways to make our home and personal tech even better and stronger. So yep. looking forward yep. to it. No, I think right. the, there's some, some good things. Keep, keep listening. We'll, uh, we'll keep bringing what we can, uh, the ways we can help. We'll bring it to you. So yeah. Well, Brian, if anybody is interested in talking to us or maybe uh, having a dialogue or just kind of following up on anything we brought up in the show, how can they go about uh, getting a hold of us? Yep. Send us a, send us an email uh, at info at the mesh.tv. That's info at the mesh.tv. Um, and Alan, I believe you're going to make a, a nice little announcement here uh, that says that we have other ways of seeing information. Oh, look at that. We do. Look at that. So as of the time of this uh, recording, uh, us, us broadcasting here and pushing this out, we do have a website now, brothersintech.com. It is a uh, website set up, ready to go for, at least for hearing episodes of this show and seeing some posts of things that we're doing on social media, kind of all aggregated in one place because that's what we're big on is seeing it all one place. Plus there'll be a contact form there too. If you have any questions or ideas or any topics for future discussion or exploration, we'd love to hear from you as well. So brothersintech.com is the website address. That's where we want you to go. And uh, not only you can listen to episodes there, past episodes or new ones we put out, 
uh, or watch the videos, but you can also uh, dialogue with us, which would be great. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Super. Yeah, right. It's exciting. Great. Well, we will be coming together with another episode next week as we uh, talk about another topic of interest in the world of home, family, and personal technology. But until then, uh, I'm Alan Jackson. We've got Brian Jackson over, actually, this way. I'm pointing this nope. way. Nope, that way. Over here. Yeah, you're, you're, no, yeah, no, no, that okay. way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's mirrored camera. I'm so confused. This way. There's Brian. Yeah, okay. that's me. Over there. Yep. Yep. And uh, Alan Jackson, Brian Jackson, thanks a lot for listening and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.